1: out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own i have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn dive deep and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness go to wwwchrista lunacom and sign up for the master your boundaries course starting in september 2023 and use the code paranormal to get 30% off today on www.crysta-luna.com.
0: Welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the new normal. I'm your host as always, Jeremy, trying to bring a little normalcy to this world. Do we ever accomplish that? No, basically never, but that's not meant to happen because the world is not normal. And that's the point of the show. But of course, I bring a guest to help me do that, and my guest tonight is Jude Hotep, the Goddess Astrologer, which I love that name, and Alchemal Initiatrix. If I said that right, I don't know if I did. She's also she's also the host of the Light Goddess Podcast, which I'm sure I'm going to let her talk more about that at the end. But first things first, how you doing tonight, Jude?
1: I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Um, such a wonderful podcast. Um, yeah, so it's wonderful to be here.
0: My pleasure. I anybody in the paranormal field, I'm usually down to talk to. There's very few people I wouldn't want to talk to. But <laughs> I, it, it, every guest I have is amazing. I get to have a bad guest. Okay, that's not true. But um, <laughs> but I've, I, I've I've only had a couple and nothing horrible. So put it that way. But. I am glad that you could join me, but first things first, as always, what got you into the paranormal spiritual world? That's always the first question i like to ask everybody to get like a grasp on what got them into this world that we live in.
1: For me, it is the real world, so I wouldn't say got into, I mean, for me, it's just, it's soul, it's always been that way. Um, I was really drawn towards metaphysics, I've always been a metaphysician for 30 plus years, since I was really young and I was drawn towards that at a really young age. Uh, so definitely, I mean, I've got Pluto in the eighth, so there you go. <laughs> um, but for me, it's it's what is normal. And so it, it's, it's never been, but I will say, you know, it was, it was different pre and post the spiritual awakening for sure, very different.
0: Ooh, spiritual awakening. I love that phrase because well, I usually get into this later in the show, but screw it. Let's get into it now because I love, I love this topic. I've been told by many, many people in the paranormal world that a spiritual awakening happened in either 2012 or 2015. That those are the two dates I'm typically given. And basically, I mean, I can see, most of us can see that spiritual awakening has been happening in this world over the last five, 10 years. When do you think it actually started?
1: Well, really what it is, is that it used to be just individuals around the world awakening in, in, in moments of time, like Madame Blavatsky, her work that spawned spiritualism and theosophy and so forth. And it wasn't really an en masse awakening. But in 1987, there's what's said to be the convergence, a great convergence. And that really spawned a lot of awakening. And you can you can speak to it in different ways, but it first it, it opened people to start to do a lot of Chiron work. You Kyron know, was discovered in 1977 so finally people are like hey I need to actually manage my mind all these thoughts aren't true so we have people like Byron Katie coming out people actually starting to work on our thoughts and like understanding our thoughts aren't real they're just sentences in our mind and actually we need to manage them consciously if we want to create the life we really want to create um, and not be in this you know disempowerment, And and so 87 was one 2012 is said to be another one that's on mass. And then 2020, another great on mass, like said to be the great awakening where it's really just rolling out where um, it's rippling across the planet. And, you know, the, the, the planets are, are speaking to as much. There's also been a divine feminine awakening. Finally the divine feminine within humanity is blooming and is no longer can be suppressed and no longer relegated to women's studies in a college or um, secret mystery schools or underground women's circles but all of humanity is waking up to the feminine principle within whether no matter what your sex is um within humanity that that if we keep suppressing we keep being sick when we keep not healing and, and having the issues that we've had for 5,000 years.
0: Exactly, and I mean, I am a huge supporter of the Feminine Awakening, too. I mean, maybe not as supportive as I should be all the time, but I've gotten yelled at for that a few times, but I try to be supportive of it as much as I can, and I, I mean women are equal i have believed that since i was born because that's the way my mom raised me to be so
1: but i think it's really important to not conflate women with the divine feminine and with the feminine because the feminine principle is within humanity and and it's what has been suppressed and and so i i I really work to help people understand some of these conflations and i think really confused people. And I think that it's tough for men because men have been so wounded and hurt by the patriarchy. But often that word is very triggering to men because it's as if it's putting men down when actually men are no no more benefited by the patriarchy than anybody than a woman. And you know, of course there's gender identity and then there's sex, male or female people that associate with that. But um with either. But uh but the feminine is within all of humanity. You know, the masculine and the feminine principle both.
0: I agree. I mean, one, one, of, one of my good friends, and I don't get to bring him up in this podcast often, but Harvey gare runs a podcast called Men of the Prize. And it's about men's mental health. Each episode, he talks to someone else who's either a men's mental health podcaster or just someone who's been through a lot. And he, I mean, he he's, he's famous for saying the line we were taught young when we were younger to just put some dirt on it and uh get over it whether it be a physical injury or a mental injury just rub some dirt on it and move on which yep. i mean i was always a more emotional guy like i did i never i never hated my pain whether it be mental or physical so i always did that to some degree but i mean older generations of me that were grew up in the 70s and 80s definitely didn't do that they just Follow their father's advice and just got over it and moved on with their lives, and which that leaves that leaves left behind mental stress and anguish, and eventually that can build up something horrible. So,
1: yeah, I mean, men typically identify about seven emotions, and women fourteen. There's hundreds of emotions, and they are the language of our soul, and they are the bridge between our ego personality and our soul.
0: I agree. I mean, it's just without emotion, we wouldn't be human. We'd be robots. And emotions are important. Emotions are a very important thing. And we need to have these emotions in order to actually, I mean, because we're not going to treat our wife right if we're not learning how to process emotions. We're not going to treat our loved ones right if we're not learning how to process emotions. We're just going to eventually turn to this unbearable monster almost to be around because we're just holding so much in that we're, I mean, you see them. Uh, Fred G. Sanford is a perfect example holding in emotions and just calling his son a dummy all the time to cover up the emotions he has. Like it's I mean, it's a weak example, but it's an example still. But yeah. it's I mean, any of those TV dads from those that era, Archie Bunker, I mean, even Red Foreman from the nineties, I mean, that's just what it is. It's what we it's the archetype we were meant we were taught to be. And it's just not healthy in any shape or form.
1: No, I mean seriously, men in the patriarchy are told basically not to have emotions, which is sociopathy. That's a sociopath. So they're taught. But then, if they love, if they're hetero and they love a woman, then to be with the woman, they need to be gentle and kind and soft and caring and loving. Well, then, like, what a mixed crapola, you know, messaging and and just completely contradictory. And it just, you know, men and women both are damaged in different, um, unique. Uh, ways by the patriarchy and all of us awakening getting back to the spiritual awakening are are changing that by shining our light speaking our no and our yes speaking our voice and uh healing i really hope you know everyone is seeking towards the healing
0: yeah i mean that's the bottom line but all and that's why i mean i was a guest on this podcast in the beginning of it but that's why i love my friend harvey's podcast because it's all about that it's about men healing which In turn, they can help the females in their life heal and the other men in their life heal because they're learning how to take care of themselves emotionally better than they ever did before, which is the bottom line that everybody needs to learn that lesson. I mean, it's just, we're all stuck in this dirt ball together. How we got here, why we're here, totally different topics, and we can get into that later maybe, but it doesn't matter because we're all here together and we need to act like it.
1: I mean, people are in such different places, you know, for me, the way that I've come to understand that is, you know, for one through evolutionary astrology, which looks at evolutionary condition of the soul of which there are four also through the map of consciousness, which is Hawkins work, you know, where are we at individually in the map of consciousness? People under and 200 the level of integrity and people can just Google the map of consciousness and it'll pop right up an image of it so they can know what the heck we're talking about. But but if we look at that, if people are below 200, which a huge part of the you know percentage of the population was pre 2020, I would say and pre 2012 for sure. Um, you know, the, people just assume kill you and not even think twice about it. It's it's below the level of integrity. And so if you're below the level of integrity, there you go. And WebMD, for example, has been has been calibrated on the map of consciousness is 140 so you know something that's touted as to to help humanity you know what what is their intention what is their motive or, or maybe they weren't below 200 i think maybe they were like three or three hundred or something but again they weren't at the level of benign benevolence you know like they have other ulterior motives um and, and the other thing I think, you know, every, everywhere, everyone is somewhere on that spectrum of intelligence to ignorance. I think there's all these ways to help us understand why everyone is so uniquely different to have also to help people, you know, snap out of it and, and wake up. But I think the way to help people is to inspire, encourage, to support Um, And also, you know, I think being very clear about a zero-tolerance policy to narcissism, psychopaths, sociopaths, abusers.
0: Well, let me ask you this. And after I ask you this, I'm going to put my other dog away so the other one stops whining. But while you're at you, I'll do that. But So is that how we heal? Like, Is that the best way for humanity to heal itself? Or is there other methods we can use?
1: Uh, I mean, I... (laughs) I think that we're in the time of the great healing. And I think the way to heal trauma is to go into emotions, to look at our triggers, to look at our emotions that we have and begin to become emotionally masterful, learning how to identify emotions, to feel them, and to learn techniques to release them, to understand what's below and underneath the the emotions and the triggers and the issues, to go in. Like our triggers show us where to do the healing. Healing is a process of detangling the the issues in the past. And it's through emotions work. It's through allowing them. And I use astrology as well to help us understand uh, myself and my client to help us understand, you know, what the soul's intention was for this life and why they're having so many issues and why they might be thwarted so much in this life.
0: Which it's funny because you're actually my my second interview this week on this show, and my first one was an astrologer as well. Um, he was big into Michael Spermoli. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was big into vibrational astrology. What is, okay. And, and since, he, since he taught me about that, I kind of want to get your, your opinion on this. What do you feel as vibrational astrology versus original astrology That's people have been doing for 2,000 years?
1: I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at it. Um... So, I mean, for me, I, I'm an evolutionary astrologer first and foremost, but I, you know, will do mundane astrology and some horary and some predictive and some different aspects. But for me, it always helps the soul because you don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. We came into this incarnation as soul, took on a body, personality, and ego, and are here trying to evolve. And, and, and that's like that. I mean, for me, that's, that's it. <laughs> it like you know, so you know, there's some people that use astrology just to do the stock market. There's some people who just do mundane astrology, which is like what's going on in the world and the day to day forecast. There's some people who do horary or interrogative astrology, where they're trying to find a shoe on top of a refrigerator. You know, and astrology can do that. Um, So I work with clients at the deepest levels to heal past life wounds and shadow, to heal trauma, to step into their greatest power and light, to make money and to be powerful as a woman in this world and to um, and to help humanity heal, to do their work, their big purpose, their big impact on the world. And often it's all of the wounds and the issues of why we're not stepping out into greater visibility um, or speaking our amazing genius.
0: Well, it's interesting because I did a quick Google search while you were talking just to see how the two compare. And people actually, there's a lot of mention in, in evolutionary astrology of increasing your vibration. And I guess they're related in some way, evolutionary and vibrational. I guess maybe it's, maybe it's a ter- two different terms used with the same type almost. I, I No,
1: not, I, astrology is a very specific thing. And, it, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's So I mean, I mean, the word vibration is used in the spiritual, you know, in the spiritual world constantly about frequency and where you're at in the map of consciousness in so many ways. But I, I honestly, I don't know. I haven't. um, I feel like I've heard the term once or twice, but um, I really never. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to search it.
0: (laughs) Well, I was gonna say I'm no expert, so I can't speak on the subject at all. Really, astrology to begin with, I'm not an expert on it by any means. I. I've had an astrological reading or two done. And it's always a fascinating and it's amazing how much of it lines up with your life at that point. Which
1: I mean, I think wisdom's what, what works. You know what I mean? So if that's what works for people, then I think we have to do what's what works for us. I don't think there's any one platitude in any given moment that is the right thing. I think it's what works in that moment at that time, you know, context.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's the way I mean we all may be destined to do things which astrology can tell us somewhat, but eventually we have to just kind of figure out the path ourselves in some way or form. Like, it's just the way it goes. I mean, you can have an astrologer or a psychic or anybody who actually is good in their profession tell you, like, because that was a big topic on Monday night, too, is the difference between good astrology and bad astrology, which I'm sure you agree. There are plenty of those out there who say they're astrologists or astrologers, but really just can't. And they have no practice in it. They just... Or try to make a quick buck off it
1: i mean i actually don't think so i, I don't think the majority of people would really do well trying to do mm-hmm. that um i don't think that that the world is i think that the 10 percent, you know the 20 percent of people who are like malicious out there sociopaths psychopaths narcissistic abusers narcissists um emotional manipulators and damaged egos is is what that group is in my opinion is um you know they're out doing malicious harm to people um, a lot some narcissists don't know it some narcissists are malicious there's the full spectrum um, but I think 80% of humanity is, doing the best they can with what they know, but 70% of people at any given time are in the evolutionary condition of consensus status quo. It's very Saturn. Whereas like maybe 20 plus percent of the population is in an individuated state where they're questioning more of a Uranian energy. And then, uh, and then there's, you know, a percentage of the population, maybe 4% or something that's in a spiritual condition, a Neptunian state where they're looking at a much grander picture of returning to source and unity consciousness and the all that is. And then there's like a percentage of people who are like devolved or newly evolved from another species into humans. So I personally, I would kind of, um, support you and in, in thinking whatever is best for you and your path. But I absolutely believe in astrology of helping people, but like with a doctor or a dentist or with a car repair person or anyone out there, there's going to be people that are the right one for you and, and and not the right one for your best friend, you know, for no other reason. than it just doesn't, it's not a vibe match. It just doesn't work with your makeup. And that's the thing about astrology. Astrology tells us all of our inner workings and all of our makeup that helps us understand why we don't work with each other and why we do work with these other people and why there's the shadow that's coming to interfere and why like, and the thing about evolutionary astrology is so amazing is we program as a soul to have conflicts and issues in our life so that our soul can evolve and stop doing these old patterns and learn and eliminate fears and do these things. So actually we really choose it as a soul. We choose to have, challenge pain and loss to provoke us into higher evolution and we program it in as a soul
0: i i honestly can't argue with anything you said at all I, I, yeah the other night we were more we were, we were more going down the road of like back in the 90s when i was growing up like you would see like all these psychic shops on the side of the road and like back then psychics were considered mostly to be quacks like or just crazy people that just didn't But that's
1: between the consensus status quo, the matrix folks and the people who are individuated, thinking for themselves and trying new things and doing Uranian things, which is what's considered to be like what your original question was, Is you know, like, why are you getting into the paranormal? You know, like for me, I was never in the consensus. And so if we, if we like look at the evolutionary states, which is is something out of evolutionary astrology, the four states I was just telling you about, I think it helps people so much like understand why so many people just go along with the programming from the mass media or with what they were taught to believe in high school or in their family or by the culture and society, you know, it's because they're in a consensus evolutionary state, and part of the awakening is, is helping people to move to an individuated state, to start thinking for themselves, asking questions, not following along with just anybody because somebody says it, because supposedly they're an authority. And that's the thing about Saturn is if you don't do your own authority, it's somebody's gonna be there to wanna be your authority. you know. And so I think the whole thing about psychics being on the side of the road or this idea of people who are out to get people, because there are people in every genre of life who are out to maliciously harm people or to get narcissistic supply or to abuse people or whatever their you know individual unique issue is and, and reason they are like they are. But but they but we that's such a part of what I talk about is that we need to stand up in our autonomy and our sovereignty, our intuition, and be connected to our own inner compass. And stop thinking we need rules and belief systems to tell us what's right and wrong. We feel what's right and wrong inside our own self. And this is so much what we need to do. We don't need a regulating body to tell us this person's a doctor. Allopaths never take one nutrition class. They don't know shit about being healthy. You know, they only know about triage. Exactly. Percent of surgeries are, you know, unnecessary.
0: Exactly. I can agree agree with all that 100% and just... It makes sense. I mean, it just, I mean, yeah, there are always going to be people out there looking to make a quick buck and they're just going to take advantage of you because you're looking for something and you're not looking in the right places. That's just the bottom line. But the change, well, actually, you mentioned the Matrix, which <laughs> that's one of my favorite topics is where do you stand on that um, conspiracy? Do you think we are possibly living in some kind of Matrix society where there's someone else controlling our reality? Or something else, I should say.
1: I think it's absolutely a documentary, but different from from how you're posing it. What I think is it's just the consensus status quo where people are programmed. People are just kind of numbed out and they're under these illusions, these glamours of the mass media, of their family, of all of the conditioning. And it's just basically thought forms. You know, basically from zero to six years old, our brain is in theta, which means that we're just programmable. We're just basically in a state of hypnosis, constantly being programmed by everything in our environment and our world around us, commercials, TV, our parents, everyone. And so we take in what, what, what supposedly the reality is. And so until we either start, like maybe we're in an individuated evolutionary condition. So we start questioning from an early age and reading books and looking wherever we can look to find different stuff out there than what we're sold in the status quo. So for me, the term matrix is really a term to say, you know people who just go along with what they were taught how they grew up never questioning you know that are programmed by the by the conditioning but me for example I was I had I mean, we all have that internalization no matter you know how awake you are we all have programs to deprogram you know we all have the patriarchy having been internalized we've all internalized you know dysfunction and abuse as normalized as as um Know we're habituated to it. I mean, just look at reality TV and look at Jerry Springer, you know, and like it's just we're habituated to abuse being normal and dysfunction being okay or the way it is. Like we have to deprogram that and say no, that quote about it's no measure of of health to be well adjusted to a sick society, you know. And so for me, I look at it a little differently. Um, you know, there like in in one in one realm, you in the spiritual realm, you could talk about how there's actually glamour on you know illusions on the astral plane that are conditioning people. So you can look at it from you know from the astral plane view. You can look at it from you know you can look at it from the evolutionary astrology view. You can look at it from different ways. But personally, I think it's a way to speak about it. It's like when people talk about chords you know being corded there's no cord that's just a metaphor to say something's not right that's happening here and and there's no positive cords by the way out there people <laughs> a lot of people think there's like the love cord and and the friend cord and it's like no they're all indicative of abuse and it's a metaphor to help you understand there's an energetic issue that needs to be cleaned up there
0: exactly which all right so I guess you're not a believer that we're an alien Set matrix where extraterrestrials are controlling our every move. <laughs> like, there's a lot of people who believe, like, the movie The Matrix, like, actually is based on rea- like, some form of reality. And, like, I've, I've talked to people before who believe in that. I, I'm not saying I 100% believe in that theory, but honestly, it would make sense at some point. <laughs> but I, mean,
1: I think it's, it's like, I think it is a documentary. I think it is, like, it, it is showing us. But that's, but the, like, that's the thing is about, like, people forget we used to be humanity that passed down oral traditions. And the reason why we passed down oral tradition was to inform the next generations and they would mold it and shape it a little bit and change it for what was like the new, you know, the new technology, the new, how things had evolved differently, how society functioned a little differently, but we kept passing down oral traditions and people don't realize that all of our stories and the matrix is just a story has the symbolism in it. Like we, we have to realize that we are, you know, like to begin, like connecting back to the all that is all of life is living this is a living universe the solar system is living all of the planets are living the sun is alive there's there's consciousness on all of the planets like people keep science keeps looking for life on other planets just look for consciousness and you'll find it consciousness abounds it's everywhere there's just different embodiments of consciousness and I absolutely believe in other species. Absolutely. Like I'm totally from an Arcturian and Draconian line. Um, I came in, you can call us star seeds or whatever you want to call us. You know, there's so many different terms, but I absolutely am connected to that. I do galactic astrology and I can look in someone's chart and see like where they come from, what star systems if they're a star seed. And so I absolutely believe that there's these people that are more awakened than others that are here to help, Humanity to heal and to radiate their big light, to wake up, to speak their voice, so we can become leaders amongst leaders. I absolutely believe. And, um, I mean, for me, it's not a belief system; it's just a truth that, of course, there's other species, and and you know, and I have guides that are are you know, Arcturian and Andromedan, and you know, it's it's pretty natural and normal for me. I'm definitely. I mean, I really encourage people to watch Stephen Greer's new movie that will space your face hard but <laughs>
0: <laughs> well okay one just because you mentioned his name i want to say r.i.p jerry springer because he was for many yeah, of us in the, night, about before, that.
1: With the eclipse yeah eclipses take people out
0: <laughs> i mean
1: i always use him for example of like how we're habituated to dysfunction in this culture and i'm like there you go <laughs> he kind of went early he's not that you know not that yeah 80.
0: i mean he i believe he had cancer of some kind and that's what mm-hmm. took him out but i mean R.I.P. to him because he for for most of us that grew up in the 90s if you're home from school sick then you know (laughs) he he, he was your go to watch during the day (laughs) when when nothing else was on besides if you're too old for Nick Jr. or Cartoon Network then that's what you watched but (laughs) but I mean and yeah I've talked to Starseeds in this show before and I am a huge believer in Starseeds Indigo Children whatever you want to call them I'm a huge believer in them I have looked into before the Palladians and all that stuff and all those species that they supposedly come from. And it's a very interesting topic. I love that topic, but we won't get into that because that would take up the whole episode to get into that again. But, and I've, I've talked about my theories on before. So, but how do you feel about this spiritual war that has been going on? I mean, whether you want to call spiritual, whether it be religion or just belief systems in general, like, Like, the spiritual struggle in this world has been real for thousands of years between different man-made religions and just, like, you can even bring, like, the Salem Witch Trials into it, for God's sakes, for, like, people who believe in different spiritual things. And it's just, we've been struggling with it for since the beginning of humanity, basically. Religion has caused more wars, or spirituality has caused more wars since the beginning of time than anything else, besides maybe money or land. But...
1: Yeah. I mean, personally, I wouldn't conflate spirituality with religion. I think they're very different things. I think religion is a control mechanism. It's a control of the dominator culture model of society and culture. It is there to control humanity, to herd them this way and that way. It is based upon fear. Um, when you And when you're feared out, you're controllable. Um, so, I mean, if you think about if we just got rid of the three major religions, how humanity would stand up in its autonomy and finally be empowered to not put its divinity outside of itself, to not put its power outside of itself, to not keep referring to some authority outside of itself, but to actually own its own like humanity, owning our own empowerment um, and connecting to divinity the way that we were always connected to it for over hundreds of thousands of years during goddess culture times, during the paleolithic and neolithic times. Um, So, and bringing up, you know, that you know the the time of the crusades and when women were burned women were burned because they owned property and they were powerful nine million women were burned and killed and murdered and their property was stolen so this is such a huge topic for women particularly and for everyone <coughs> to know about this because if you're a man you know a woman and love a woman sister brother mother you know sister mother uh girlfriend uh friend whomever right so for a man and for women we, you know, it's our, her story um, as far as spiritual war, you know, that term is thrown around in different ways. So the way you kind of asked me about it personally is like about, you know, I think I kind of already said like what I think about really deconflating religion from spirituality and, and spirituality being just connection to the, all that is, you know, I am that, that I am, this is what I come from. I am soul. So in the soul, so in the universe. Um, the hermetic principles. But as far as how people in the spiritual community talk about spiritual war, I have to really rebuke this idea. We live in a universe that is a universe based upon the principle of duality. And so there's always going to be the opposite or the shadow, or you know, there's gonna be the duality, and we've been doing duality in humanity through separation. But we have this choice, we're at this choice point to start doing it through unity, and then do unity through diversity. You know, not everyone being homogenized into the same ways, beliefs, etc., but through diversity, everybody just being whoever the hell they are. Stop judging people, stop putting people down, just let everybody be who they are, and um, and and so. This is what I promote. Um, and, you know, I so I think that if we understand that there's not there's not like factions out there that are out to get us. And and here's the thing, though, there are people who are doing nefarious things. There are malicious people. There are narcissists, psychopaths and and sociopaths. And we have to know it. But if the rest of the 80 percent of humanity just stands up in their autonomy and their empowerment, then those people can't do anything to us because we, so they have to, like something will have to happen to provoke their evolution. I don't know what that will look like, but if we just stand up in our own empowerment and, and, and no longer let somebody else be our authority, sweeping us around, then, then they can't do anything to us. Right. And so it comes back again to us individually speaking our voice, owning our no and Yes. It's, you know, healing the issues that cause us not to step into our empowerment at greater and greater levels, you know, and it's happening all over the planet. Everyone, you know, people are healing, people are waking up. You can see it on social media. Somatic healing techniques are just blooming everywhere. People are waking up from narcissistic abusers.
0: I agree. I mean, I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, whether it be demons versus angels or, just dark versus light in general. There is this duality of life that people are always going to lean upon. I mean, I just—I don't know. I mean, I, I've been
1: a good point. I, Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say like I've been the dark. I've been the light throughout my life. Like there was a, in my t- in my teenage years, early two thousands. I would say like I would easily say like Oh yeah, hell Satan." Iron Maiden, Cradle Filth, all that good stuff. Like, it's just, I went through that phase in my late teenage years, early 20s, and angst because I had nothing else to go on. But, I mean, I obviously don't do that anymore because, one, I've heard enough stories out there in this podcast to fear that what's in the dark that we don't know about. Because there may be things that exist that we don't know about. But, um, I mean, 100%. I mean, demons, from what I heard, are 100% real, and I've heard enough evidence to believe that that even if they're not demons by per se, they're just evil energies of some kind. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just,
1: But see. Like uh, this, this is where, um, this is where I really encourage people to just actually go seek the information that's there. Like, Theosophy Society is a great resource. They have so many authors, Ledbetter and Alice Bailey and so many people that have put so much information out on these topics that I'm not saying that it's just you you buy, you believe every little line of, of everything they wrote. That's not what I'm saying. Like, like still discern for yourself. Like the Seth's books had some different things in it that, you know, do I agree with every channel or do I agree with, you know, with Madame Blavatsky on every level? No. But if we dig into this information, we can like really heal our ignorance of not knowing these things and actually understand that this world is not such a mystery. It's just a matter of going in and and getting educated on it and doing the research and digging in. Um, You know, like, I think it's so crazy. The God devil thing, you know, it's the split. It's the split to cause people to be separated. Um, it's the split to cause greater duality. It, it's it's a control, a way to control people. Give something something for people to fear. It's, it's a classic narcissistic abuser ploy. If you look at it, narcissists love to dangle something positive in the future that's going to happen to you. And constantly are putting you in the state of abuse. So, if you look at it like that, you can really see how what I'm trying to say about humanity as a whole, that, that we've been under the helm of narcissistic abusers, sociopaths and psychopaths all this time. And humanity's waking up from that going, wait a minute here. I didn't mean to be socialized and conditioned by a freaking narcissistic abuser and have all these maladaptations. I've just been trying to survive and get by and trying to appease them, you know, so they don't abuse me anymore. And, and it's, and I, you know, and it's the whole thing with the Pleiadians and the reptilians, you know, that's more bullshit. It's more good versus evil and all this bullshit. It's like, of course there's malicious people and there's, you know, there's benevolent people, benevolent as in not malicious. And it's just that people, you know, it's just like a lot of people aren't mean on purpose. They're just clumsy or they're in a hurry or they just lost somebody or, you know what I mean? Like there are people who are, but it's not the majority of humanity. And if the rest of us would just simply step into our, our empowerment, then what can be done to you? And I've had dastardly things done to me. I'd somebody stalk me and seek me out and study me and do horrible, horrible things. But a part of that soul evolution was me cutting off old karmic loops from past lifetimes. A part of that was learning discernment and relationships. There was all this learning for my soul that now you know, I will never not have that knowledge in my soul next lifetime, next lifetime, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, it's just, it's, there's a lot of evil out there in the world. And whether it just be misunderstood evil or pure evil, who knows? Like, you don't know until you really get to know that source. But I agree. I mean, you have to figure out a way to move past it, whether it be cutting off an old source of this horrible behavior or just any any of these horrible things. Like, it's just, you have to cut the ties with evil whether it be like i said natural or just fake evil but you have to cut the ties and i agree 100 but what do you think about all the ai coming into this world because i mean we are now using ai more than more than ever before first i mean chat gtp alone is just like oh my god like i never saw the day where a computer would be thinking for human beings like fully and South Park covered it best, where they basically, like, where Stan was using chat to GTP to, like, respond to all his girlfriend's texts and messages. And it's just, like, if you need AI to think for you 100%, then what's the point of you being alive, in my opinion? And I just want to say hi, Charles. All's well with me, and I'm glad you could watch, buddy.
1: Hey Charles, um, yeah, I, you know, I completely <laughs> like I'm with you. I mean, I think it was in February the the date for AI to have sentience was six months away. Personally, I, you know, I'm creating my reality. It's not, it, you know, I, it's like the Pisces paradox where yes, it'll be in the world, but I'm not going to make it a part of my reality. I'm not, I, you know, I choose really carefully, even just with Amazon. I mean, what's convenient today is control tomorrow. I think we have to be cognizant, conscious, making choices very consciously with the future in mind. And with like what again, with what is convenient today is control tomorrow. Like in Sweden, they've had a chip in their hand to get onto a train. Convenience, only convenience purposes for four years you know no i'm not going to be doing that and you know already at certain grocery stores they have just where you swipe your hand and it's just like when will they be taking the card readers away and make you do that and so then what are your options if there's not other stores and there's not other brands that are as good or has as much stuff i mean i think like we have to be aware of monopolies Uh, you know and I think it's happening. I think there's so many things out there where people are coming together realizing what's going on. but I think that we need to inform everyone possible to think for ourselves and to choose not to be dominated by technology, to use our intelligence wisely, to have empathetic intelligence and understand what we're doing. Um, so you know Pluto is in Aquarius until June. it just popped into Aquarius on. March 23rd until uh, April 23rd, rather until June. So just a little short blip, And then it'll go back into Aquarius next January and then finally um, stay in Aquarius for 20 years in late 2024. And Pluto in Aquarius is saying, it's gonna be revealing all of the issues with technology. It's gonna be revealing all of the underground secretive crap stuff, just like it did in Capricorn since 2008 and it's gonna be revealing all the secrets, but Pluto isn't gonna fix things. Like we have to make conscious decisions moment to moment, moment to moment. And people have to realize that with inflation causing the prices to be what they are on food and all of your basic goods that people are choosing convenience over the extra time investment and the extra cost perhaps to, to choose company that could easily just take is, is already taking over things in huge massive ways like we have to be aware of what we're doing and choose consciously and make different choices
0: yeah i'm big with you on the inflation thing i mean the, the, the price of food nowadays is so freaking ridiculous it's not even i'm not i'm not getting into it because this isn't a societal or political podcast by any means but i mean it's just oh my god like I live off food stamps for my family because I can't afford to feed my family anymore because of the prices of food. Like, it's just ridiculous. Our normal shopping trips, which used to to cost $200 maybe every couple weeks, is now like $600 every couple weeks. It's ridiculous. Like, meat has gone up so much that I can't even fathom what's going to be in 10 years unless something dramatically changes. And I'm not trying to buy cows myself to freaking butcher myself. Like, it's just... I mean, we have chickens. We don't even butcher those because I don't... I can't kill an animal. My wife can't kill an animal. It's just the way it is. Like I'm not bred that way to kill animals. Like even even if one of our chickens gets injured by one of our dogs, like I can't put it out of its misery. I just don't have the heart for that. Like I just can't. Like I was raised to treat animals with respect and kindness. So, I mean, it's just I don't know. I just the way this world's heading, I fear for my children. That's all I gotta say.
1: this this is what like i think my point is is that like instead of us being in fear we have to just make choices we have to vote with our choices every day vote with the stores that we're choosing vote where we're spending our money voting with like not choosing convenience over um you know, over the, we we need to be cognizant and aware and make choices so that we can change. Like we individually are changing the world with every single choice we make. We have power. The stat, you know, the, 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 the old paradigm and the old people at the helm want most people, the consensus, the general population to believe they don't have power, that they're susceptible, that they're fragile and be feared out. We are not fragile. We are not susceptible, we are wildly powerful beyond our imagination, and we just must need to manage our mind, learn how to feel our emotions, we need to heal, and we need to be cognizant with our choices around how things are changing in the world. I, you know, I'm a coach, so I I don't ever let my clients sit there and tell me stuff's expensive. We don't do that, <laughs> you know, because that's just a thought. It's not true. It's actually this price. And then what do we want to think about it? And so that's why we can have a business with the democratization of information through technology today to create money. And that's why I work with women to create money in their life, to have money and and we need to get into this mentality of having money and not being victimized by the world and saying oh like i just have to just accept that these are the way things are no inflation is what it is it's a fact that you know it used to cost 227 and now it costs 427 or whatever but we have power to create a business that's profitable, to learn, to grow, to evolve, to heal. We have power in our hands and this is so important to not be feared out about the future, but to take our power back into our hands.
0: I agree. And Charles says, I hope the paranormal don't use AI for the sake of money. And I am 100% with you on that. I hope that, I mean, the only, people, the only paranormal feel I can see using that for money is extraterrestrials array on earth, but i mean i don't think dogmen or sasquatch are using ai at all so i'm not worried about that but i mean extraterrestrials using it for money that's a whole different subject and that's goes into the whole government subject which we're not going to touch on tonight but let me ask you this what does astrology tell us is going to happen in the near future or like right now like in the next year what does astrology tell us is going to happen in this world
1: I think it's such an important question that you bring up because astrology is a reflection of life. So again, it brings, it comes back to the stars line up, the, the planets line up in such a way to provoke change within and, and on the exterior, like provoking an earthquake with Uranus on a world point at 15 degrees a couple of months ago, or, you know, the earthquakes in Turkey, et cetera, or provoking us internally, like with the eclipses, people were losing people, people die at eclipses, people leave. It, it's a time where things end and new beginnings start and a seed is planted. And we just had the eclipse on May 5th. And so, you know, even though the stars are lining up and that we know eclipses do bring endings, we as humans have choice to create our world and to to choose to create our world through what we hold in our mind, our thoughts are choices. We can start getting conscious of our thoughts and becoming the observer of our thoughts and choose them consciously and see what is that thought creating for me? Is it creating something, a positive result or a negative result? Is it creating the experience of life I want or not? So while astrology is telling us so many things, how we choose to work with it is our choice. So I love your question so much because it brings it back to us humans. Like we have to choose how to respond to the provocations that are being provoked with the energies. So like with, you know, with the eclipse with somebody coming at you because they're mad and they're upset. Well, how do I respond to that? I'm gonna stand in my power. I'm gonna own my boundaries. I'm gonna own that, you know, you know, po- I'm gonna do my best to interact positively, but I'm going to own my empowerment. I'm not gonna be just walked all over, et cetera. And so it's, you know, just an example. Um, and so Pluto's going into Aquarius in November of 2024 for 20 years. That's a big deal. So it's going to be revealing all the secrets around, you know, science and technology, and it's going to be showing us all the all the AI, how things are used. It's going to be showing us all the problems with that. Um, it's also going to be really, you know, provoking the collective to come together because Aquarius is the collective. And we have Saturn and Pisces right now, and it's making reality Saturn very malleable and very changeable. And it's really dissolving a lot of the old ideas of um, rules and of society and all of the old ideas of how things are supposedly supposed to go. And it's allowing us to... Create uh, how we want society to be, but we have to realize we have the moment, that every choice we make in this world, we're creating our future. We really,
0: which makes sense, it, it makes sense that so basically, we are the deciders, we're going to decide what the future becomes and why it doesn't become. We just have to start, we just start making the right choices,
1: you know, we're co creating with the universe. You know, it's like the planets line up, but we're creating with it. It's like you know, Pluto's gonna show us the mess, but how? What are we gonna do? You know, it's like here's an example: uh, Saturn is society, and, and it's people, and it's um, and it's reality, the 3D reality, right? And Saturn went into Aquarius, so March twentieth, twenty. Go ahead. Yeah, Saturn went into Aquarius, uh, like around March um, twenty. Roughly 20. Well, you remember what happened then. That was when the shutdowns happened across most of at least the US, um, if not the world. And so Saturn moving into Aquarius, Saturn society restriction moved into Aquarius, the collective. So Saturn restricted the collective, but Saturn's also a catalyst. So it's catalyzing us. So it catalyzed the collective to start saying, hey, I don't like this job. I don't want to not work from home anymore. I don't want to drive four hours to get back and forth to work anymore. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live like that. I want my hair a different color. Humanity has changed in the last three years. And the same with Saturn now in Pisces, where, you know, we're strong there, but we're being catalyzed again to come back to school, to re- return and realize that we are humanity driven by intuition, soul, something higher.
0: Yeah, and nah, I'm not I'm not, not not telling you to be quiet, I'm telling my kids to be quiet, but <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I mean I I agree. I mean it's just and whoever said the age of Aquarius is a good thing. Whoever said that, but
1: whoever said what
0: that the age of the age of Aquarius is a good thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a famous song written about it, but it doesn't mean it's a good thing. Well, let me ask you this, because I'm kinda curious because this is one of your titles and I kind of want to know where like you go into this, the alchemical initiatrix thing. What is that like? I'm curious to what that is.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, alchemical, you know, referring to alchemy where it's me helping to, you know, it's like Michelangelo said that he didn't carve the statue. He said that he removed the marble from around the statue. And that's what I do in my one-to-one coaching, which is my coaching program is called Alchemical Goddess. I work with women one-to-one and, uh, and we, and we coach. And I, I, it's just that I help reveal the genius within each woman, um, within each person. And uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not me, you know, it's there already, but I just help to unlock it and unleash it and help people bust through all the obstacles and the blocks and the traumas that are holding them back. So, that's what it's referring to.
0: All right, because I, uh, there was a uh, show I loved a couple of years ago called, I think it was Lodge 49 or something like that, mm-hmm. and it was it was all about alchemy and I freaking, like, they literally like, the, the head of the lodge, they are helping him move out of his house and like, Like he turned around and said goodbye to a dragon. And it was just like, is that what alchemy is? Like seeing things that like we can't see in the normal universe, like dragons, like is that where the idea came from for dragons? Is it alchemy? Like Mm -hmm. it just I mean, alchemy has so many wormholes in it that I'm not gonna get into it now because we would be here for another hour. But it's just I mean,
1: mean, you know, it's taking all the trauma, pain, loss, and challenge we've been through and alchemizing it into what you teach in the world or how you help others heal or the wisdom that you bring forward. You know, it's just, it's, it's like we alchemize all of our pain to have wisdom because we've gone through it. And that's the Capricorn archetype of the aged learned person who's gone through something who now is wise.
0: What do you mean? I mean, to most of us, to most people, alchemy just means like the philosopher's stone, like turning, being living forever or turning, basic metals into gold like that's what alchemy means to most people so i like that you give a different definition here and that you're using it for another a better reason in a it's way, the same then.
1: thing it's just different forms right you know i'm doing inside forms and structures of you know our, our healing but it's the same thing you know lead into gold yeah
0: i mean if i could turn lead into gold i'd be a millionaire at this point <laughs> but uh we won't go into that because that's my dreams and hopes and that's just not not ever going to happen. So I don't hold high regards to it, but let's talk about your podcast for the last couple minutes, few minutes. We got here, the light guys podcast. So what do you do on this podcast? Like what's the topic of it?
1: Yeah. I, I help people to, you know, I really work with women on running business on divine feminine and flow, um, intuition and flow. Uh, so, you know, I address, all everything that I've talked about, you know, the spiritual journey, emotions, healing, healing abuse and trauma, and then radiating our big light, being divine feminine, soulpreneurs, women who are, um, running a business, perhaps running a business with trauma, um, and making change in the world, making an impact on the world.
0: Which I'm all for women making an impact in the world. I've worked for many women in my time, and honestly, women make the best bosses sometimes because they just like if something occurs and an issue with another co-worker or what have you they see it from more angles than i think male male bosses see it in the angle of the male bosses will try to shut it down as fast as possible and the female bosses will try to work out the issue and figure out where you're coming from which is to me a whole nother dimension almost <laughs> like it's just and i mean i've also felt like women bo- like female bosses have Hate, I mean, more because I'm a man, but I mean, that's a different subject altogether, and I'm not gonna get into that. But I mean, it it goes both ways. I mean, feminists come in many different forms, and it's just,
1: I just want to be clear I'm not a feminist. (laughs) Oh,
0: I mean, yeah,
1: I I know you're calling me one, but I just want to like, I want to denote for myself and for anyone listening, like, I'm not a feminist. You know, I think that we're standing on the shoulders of, of what women who are called themselves feminists did, but, um, but I, it's just my niche. Like I work with men too. I made a man cry in an astrology reading not too long ago. Cause he finally felt like he had permission to be himself. And he finally understood like why his life went the way it went and other people judged him and things. And it was really powerful. So I, I do work with men, but my niche is working with women and women's empowerment. So that's what the podcast is all about. I have over 400 and some episodes, almost 500 episodes there. And, uh, there's just such a wealth of knowledge. I talk about thoughts and managing your mind so you can make more money as a woman. and super
0: fun. Which I, I mean, I'm highly behind that. I mean, I don't make enough money as a man, but I, I'm highly behind when making more money. Cause I know they are very deficit in the whole salary bias thing. I know they are. And I, they should, they should, they should make what they deserve to make. That's my bottom line. Is they should make what they deserve to make based on their field. And
1: experience can make money in business. So it's it's about managing the mind and doing the things. <laughs> and, and you know, it's like it's just you have to test and try. But I mean, the the road to like with business, you know, it's it's very clear. Yeah, it's very possible to make a lot of money. Um, but most people don't, you know, most people are under all of those programs. So that's a huge part of it, is that most people don't believe they can. Um, and then most people are surrounded by other people that don't believe they can either. And then everybody's talking about how they can. You know, that's like one of the first issues with making money. <laughs> but,
0: I mean, I have a daughter. I hope she makes as much as men do someday. And I hope that she can. I hope that she, I hope that she succeeds in life, because even, even though she's a woman. Like I am all for equality because I have a daughter. Before that, I mean, I may, I may not have felt that way, but having a daughter... Change your changes your life 100%. And it just makes men, every man should have a daughter because it makes you think in different ways of seeing the world. Because your little girl is going to grow up into this world one day and become a woman and she has to have these equal everything. She should have equal everything that men should have. Like it's just, I mean, I don't expect her to have to cut down trees or anything like that, but still she should have everything equal that men have and be able to make her way in the world without have n't rely on me. That's the main thing. You shouldn't have to rely on me. <laughs> but all right, in these last few minutes, tell people where they can find you, your podcast, you. Just sell yourself to the fullest, basically.
1: <laughs> the podcast on iTunes and Spotify, the Light Goddess podcast. Um, but if, if ever, anyone would like to download a, a free mini course, they can go to my website, thegoddessastrologer.com, and they can download that for free um and i do yeah um it's been really wonderful to to be on here jeremy and to talk to you and dive in deep to some fun topics
0: oh it has been and but where can they find where can women find you if they want your services that's the main thing i want to specify is where can women find you because i do have a decent amount of female listeners and i want them to be able to if they want help i want them to be able to seek the help they need
1: yeah they can find me at the My TikTok, my YouTube, and all that information's right there on the homepage. So I do uh new and full videos on YouTube and uh for free. And um, uh, but you can find everything on the goddess astrologer.com.
0: As and that's and that will be in the podcast link as well. I mean, it'll be all be in the description of the podcast where you can find Jude. And I wanna thank Jude for coming on because it's been a very informative episode. And it's been, I've, I've had a blast in this episode. I loved it. And I hope that every woman I listen to my podcast takes this episode to heart and that they, if they—if you need help, please search out Jude. She could be a great assistance to you in many ways. And I mean, astrology, I've had astrological re- astrology readings and they're always informative. You may learn something about yourself you never knew existed. So please, if you need help to any of the ladies that listen to this podcast and you think Jude can help, reach out, you never know. It could help in the long run, and your life could be a thousand times better than it is already. And never hesitate to reach out to me either, because, you know, what have you. I'm always there to support any of my listeners, no matter what you need. Mine is financial. I'm just struggling on that and myself. So, But if you need emotional, mental support, I'm there for you. But And I want to thank you for coming on one last time, and that's going to do it for this episode of Paranormal Getting Normal. You can all find me... Well, you know where you can find me. Just listen to to the outro if you don't know. But most of you know where you can find me. Until next time, listeners, I thank you for listening. And everybody who watched, thank you for watching. I'll be back in half a week with another episode for my listeners. And for my watchers, I honestly don't have another episode until Monday. So I'll be back Monday with another episode. Until then, thank you all. You can find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant, or you can find me as Uncensored, Unapologetic, and Untamed UQ Podcast Collective group, Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the Instagram as at JuggaloBastard, or should I say X now? And you can find me on TikTok as at podcast. You can also find me on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal, and you can also find me streaming on YouTube as Blind Knowledge Network, because all knowledge is blind until they admit Bigfoot exists.